coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And look at us, we have made it to the weekend. This has been like one of the longest, most exhausting weeks, right? I mean, we had that half week last week. We had actually had two halves of a week last week because the fourth fell on. Anyway, I'm a little exhausted. I'm not going to lie. Looking forward to going to uh, watch the Braves now that the All-Star break is over with. Going to hang out with some of my softball league board friends. They're kind of schmoozing us for some reason. I'll find out why. I'll report back. Anyway, looking forward to that. Going to watch them play the White Sox. Um, so I'm going to go to something that the Supporter Report reported on the 13th. Uh, in fact, Maria Supporter reporting this. Uh, Marta's board of directors voted unanimously Thursday afternoon to move forward with extending the Atlanta streetcar to the Beltline and north to Pond City Market. The board voted to contract with the HDR firm to complete architectural and engineering design services for the Atlanta streetcar east extension project. The vote followed about 20 people who spoke on the project, about half in favor of moving forward and half asking the board to put a pause on the project and consider alternatives. The MARTA board already had approved the streetcar extension, largely because City of Atlanta officials and Mayor Andre Dickens have been strong advocates. Further on down the article, this is good news. We are moving forward. That is Clyde Higgs, president and CEO of Atlanta Beltline, Inc. Higgs, who spoke in favor of Beltline Rail at the meeting, said he appreciated the, quote, robust debate on the project. Continuing, it reconfirms what we have been saying all along. Many of the fears we hear about Beltline Transit are mostly aesthetic issues that we can design around. Now, I've said on the show in the past that there have been folks who oppose it, who may have uh, bought homes or townhomes, opened a business along the Beltline, who are just blindsided by this revelation that rail transit is coming to the Beltline. Like, they were completely unaware that that was even a possibility. This sort of catches me off guard and struggling to understand why when all along that's been the plan for the Atlanta Beltline. When you visit the Beltline's website, beltline.org, 22 miles of pedestrian-friendly rail transit, creating better connectivity through improved transit was a central element of Ryan Gravel's thesis in 1999, and it has remained a core component of the Atlanta Beltline ever since. New transit services play a major role in realizing the vision of linking neighborhoods, bringing people together, and taking them where they want to go. Atlanta Beltline, Inc. continues to work collaboratively with the City of Atlanta, MARTA, and other partners to advance transit on the Atlanta Beltline and throughout the city. So again, that there are opponents, specifically folks who bought property or opened businesses and or bought property along the Beltline, who are now opposed to some of the Beltline's vision. Why? How, how did you not know that this was... It, it, it's like buying beachfront property and then finding out that the town you bought the beachfront property in is going to build a pier out into the water. Yeah, that's kind of what beaches are. It, you, How did you not know that that was going to happen? And then yesterday, I'm riding around running some errands, and I'm listening to the third hour of the Eric Erickson show. Eric Erickson uh, had been on WSB radio here locally. 
I believe after Rush Limbaugh passed, he had the slot for a minute. And now he's syndicated on a few stations that Cox Media owns. And while he is based in Macon, Georgia now, you would think he has some knowledge of the inner workings of what goes on in Atlanta and what is planned for Atlanta. If you listen to his segment yesterday entitled The Streetcar of No Desire, I will share the link to his podcast page in today's show notes, you would come to realize he hasn't a f***ing clue what he's talking about with regards to the Atlanta Beltline. I say that because, and again, I, I'm not going to share the audio because I'm not allowed to share the audio. Uh, that is, you know, that's that's for him to use and him only. I could ask permission, but I'm not going to go to him and say, hey, can I use your audio? I'm just going to rip you to shreds. I am going to tell you, however, that Eric seems to think that the Beltline, by the way, he likes the Beltline. He likes the idea. He really harped on the bars part. Okay. Um, let me read you some of the transcription. And by the way, I had my iPhone transcribe this. So um, Siri may not have done a credible job with everything he said here. But in part, he goes, there's a streetcar, the streetcar of no desire. Literally, the only people who ride the streetcar in downtown Atlanta are homeless people and drug dealers. Okay, um, I've ridden the streetcar. I will confess, its current path isn't very useful. I don't know why they started with this particular footprint, but it's not very useful. Not going to lie. It does, however, connect me. I'm just two blocks from a streetcar stop, and the area of Old Fourth Ward I live in, which has apartments and homes and condos and more coming, by the way, it does connect all of that and the Sweet Auburn District, the Edgewood Entertainment District, the MLK Library and Park District. It does connect us to downtown hotels. It also connects us to Centennial Olympic Park and uh, whatever the, what's it called? The Sky Wheel, Atlanta, the, the Ferris Wheel. And the new hotel that was built right next to it, the Margaritaville, whatever that tower is. And by the way, from that stop, you are near the Tabernacle. <clears throat> you are two blocks from State Farm Arena, another block from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We have talked before about how there is a need for more mass transit options after concerts or ball games spill out of those venues, especially after 11 o'clock at night, and the streetcar doesn't run after 11 p.m., something they should address. Nonetheless, it's not just homeless people and drug dealers. Now listen, if there are drug dealers on these things, I don't see them. There are the occasional, and because the transportation right now is absolutely free, you can just get on the streetcar. You don't have to pay for it right now. Um, so there may be folks, especially this time of year or even in the wintertime, who are looking to get out of the elements who live on the street. Quite possible. Uh, we've, we've experienced that a time or two. They tend to leave you alone. They may hit you up for change. If you don't have it, they move on. That's kind of how it works. Nonetheless, I remember when the Taylor Swift concert weekend came upon Atlanta, all of the suburbanites and exurbanites and the ruralites who descended upon Atlanta loved Marta. They loved the streetcar. They were packing it up. They loved it. Huh. It was useful. Huh. Go figure. 
anyway, uh, Eric continued on. Uh, where did he go? Oh, uh, if you want to buy, maybe I shouldn't say this, but if you want to buy drugs in Atlanta, you you go get on the streetcar in downtown Atlanta, and the drug dealers happen on the street, hop on the streetcars because nobody's on the street. Okay, so we've already dispelled that. Uh, druggies, druggies, druggies. Buy drugs. He's more about buying drugs. <clears throat> we have a sucky subway system. The subway system in Atlanta. Uh, it goes north and south, and it goes east and west. Doesn't care where you live or where you're going. Uh, north and south, east and west, and then we have one line that uh, branches off and goes to the northeast. Uh, he says it was the yellow line, and now they call it the gold line because uh, the Asian American population didn't like the insinuation of it being the yellow. I, I, if if that's true, I I don't know. Whatever he went on a, you know, of course a woke rant about that. He's not wrong that the uh, <coughs> Marta rail system is flawed. However, he, of course, leaves out the fact that Marta was almost doomed from the start because conservatives, back when the uh, Marta system came to be, crippled it from the outset. They didn't want Marta creeping out of the city into those suburban enclaves that were the new destinations for the white flighters. But, again, Eric's going to leave that part out. He also leaves the underfunding out. Again, almost from the start, the, the way Marta was uh, conceptualized and, and 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 launched, it was hindered from the start, uh, funding wise. But again, the suburbanites, the ruralites, the out of state folks, when Taylor Swift's in town, or there's a big SEC championship football game, and and by the way, I put a pin in that. He does mention the SEC in this screed. Anyway. They love Marta. They love that streetcar. It's convenient as all get out when they're in town. They just don't want that convenience for us when we live here 365 days a year as opposed to the one or two days a year they come and make use of that nice little amenity that they don't want any money going towards. Erickson continued yesterday, and by the way, this is not even where it, pardon the pun, goes off the rails. He hasn't even gotten insane yet. Uh, if that wasn't bad enough, the progressives in Atlanta decided Atlanta needed a streetcar, and you needed to run it on the well-trafficked roads of downtown Atlanta, and you needed to expand it and block traffic and uh, slow everyone down, and the streetcar can't move any faster than the rest of the traffic. No one knows what to do with it still, and nobody rides. It's empty in the middle of the day and in the middle of the night. There's nobody on the streetcar, the streetcar of no desire, and so now the geniuses in Atlanta who are in charge of the system instead of abandoning the streetcar and giving it up and scrapping it and handing those lanes back over to cars, do you know what they decided to do? Expand it. That's right. They're going to expand the streetcar of no desire two miles. Two miles. And then he harps on the cost of it. And then he gets to the Beltline part. They're going to build it on the Beltline. So there was a railroad track in Atlanta and it was abandoned by the railroads. And it was handed over to the city, made an urban green space, giant wide sidewalk that people can walk. And you can go all over the Atlanta area on the street, uh, off the street with this former railroad track. It's now this big sidewalk. People bike it. They run it, jog it. They walk it. Or go out there with strollers. There are now a bunch of businesses that back up 
bars on the side of the belt line, the belt line, number of bars and breweries that are built up so you can go walk, grab a beer, walk up the sidewalk, go to the big park, Piedmont Park in Atlanta, blah, 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 blah. He then raves about Pond City Market, which, uh, you know, the old factory renovated. There's a Williams Sonoma over there. Oh, restaurants, blah, 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 blah. He just raves about that and then goes to completely misinform his audience about what the plans for the streetcar along the belt line, not on, along the belt line, what those plans are. So going to take a quick break. I'm going to catch you back up right where we left off on Eric Erickson's inane screed yesterday with regards to the Atlanta Beltline. I really wish I had the audio for you because you'll you'll laugh. You would laugh to hear him say this stuff. I mean, he brought up the SEC Championship and Super Bowls in Europe and corn cobs up butts. I kid you not. Hear more of that in minutes on The Ron Show here on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to The Ron Show. As I've said many times before, there is an inherent danger in substantive dialogue being led by people who don't know what the f*** they're talking about. Such case is Eric Erickson, who is a somewhat syndicated conservative talk show host based out of Macon, Georgia. Used to work here in Atlanta. I think he would have a better grasp on what's going on in Atlanta than he does since he used to work here on AM 750, 95.5 FM, WSBB. And yet, even... Just an hour away, you'd think he would kind of have a little bit more knowledge about what's going on in Atlanta, and yet he doesn't. So he went on this tirade in his third hour yesterday about the Atlanta Beltline, the streetcar, by the way, portion of the Atlanta Beltline project, which from day one, the streetcar has been a part of that conversation, been a part of that vision. And yet um, he doesn't. He posited that the street line, or the streetcar extension, the two-mile streetcar extension, which, by the way, will connect from the Edgewood Sweet Auburn District and go all the way down Irwin to the Beltline at Krog Street Market, which, by the way, is hugely popular, and there's so much development going on around it. It's becoming a magnet in and of itself. Parking is a problem because there's never been much room for it to begin with, and now that there are places people want to go and dine and maybe grab a, a drink or walk along the Beltline. There's just nowhere to park, so you need a way to get there. Hello, here's a streetcar coming right at you. And then it's going to turn off of Irwin on to the Beltline. There's always been green space along the Beltline for something. And folks may not have known what it, that green space was set there for. Well, it wasn't to grow weeds and let mosquitoes live unabated. No, that's where the streetcar all along was supposed to go. Anyway, it's going to take that turn at Irwin and make its way to Pont City Market, another big destination with a brand, well, a sort of new Kroger and more condos and and and, and live, you know, mixed-use development going up right there in the parking lot in front of the Kroger. And, oh, by the way, the Pont City Market, which has all of its condominium and apartment building going up around it and more uh, retail as well. <clears throat> to hear Eric Erickson and his screed yesterday, though, uh, they're they're going to put the streetcar on the sidewalk that we're already utilizing, which, by the way, is already pretty packed. It's a, a, another reason you need the streetcar, right? I mean, great. When the weather's nice, it's nice to walk up and down the streetcar, but some people would rather just get on the streetcar and go to Pond City Market or to Kroger. Like, I would love, where I live, where this is going to go, I can get on the streetcar and get my shopping at Kroger without 
taking a vehicle and a parking space, which by the way, is at a minimum down there already. Because the thing about living in a major city is land is at a premium. He harps on the expense of the streetcar, but leaves out the part that it's the land part that makes building anything in a major city expensive. It's called scarcity, y'all. High school economics. How many of you? It, scarcity. So there is the need for mass transit. We've already made that case. There is the need for mass transit. But Eric went on the screen yesterday talking about how they're going to take that belt line and now put a rail in the middle of it. No, it's along the side, you nimrod. That's the way it's always been envisioned from the outset in 1999. Go to the the, the Could you have at least, Eric, gone to the Beltline website to just, I don't know, check and see if you knew what the hell you were talking about? It's pretty simple. Beltline.org, my friend. Project details. Go there. Read before you screed. If you think I'm just kind of nitpicking or cherry picking, he literally said, well, they want to put the streetcar on the Beltline. Run over all the pedestrians. They literally want to build a streetcar so that it runs onto the Beltline. Now it's a pedestrian sidewalk. They want to put the train tracks back in order to get rid of the pedestrians on the Beltline. Geniuses. Huge green space. And now they want a streetcar on it that literally no one wants to ride. Dude doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, but it gets better. Or weirder. He started, started, well, he went on this conversation about how wonderful Greenville, South Carolina is. Greenville is a nice little downtown area. But again, that took some vision as well. Uh, let's see. He talked about how the streets are walkable. Well, th- duh, that's the point. Oh my God, he almost gets it. Yes, he brags about how the streets are walkable in Greenville. Yeah, about that. That's what we're trying to, to do here as well, my friend. Getting rid of vehicles in some way so that Atlanta is a more walkable city. And the streetcar actually aids that. So then he starts talking about bike lanes and downtown and how people have to drive. And he's not wrong. People do have to drive in to come work at downtown Atlanta, mostly because MARTA, with its inefficient design from the outset and inability to fund itself from the outset, doesn't have enough access for suburbanites to make use of it. It doesn't even go into Gwinnett County. It does not go into Cobb County kind of important, right? You got to go into these massive counties with huge populations that come and work in the city. We can't even get a, a, a line to the to the Battery Atlanta so that I can get to a Braves game. You don't think the Braves would appreciate having a MARTA extension into Cobb County? Hey, let's give Cobb County a little bit of time. It's a blue county now. Maybe they'll come around to that. But the conservatives in Cobb County did not want it all that time. They shunned it. Gwinnett had a referendum. The conservatives who lived nowhere near where the line was going to go in the rural parts of Gwinnett County, why they had a vote on it, I don't understand, voted it down. So he almost gets it. He's complaining about, you know, the the, the traffic and the cars and, oh, we don't have a, a subway system that gets anybody anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's that's because vision. Conservatives decades ago, years ago, months ago, lacked vision to see that We've got a numbers problem. In this city, in this metro, we have a numbers problem. We can't just continue to grow and widen streets to placate our insatiable appetite for having that nice car that's always jammed in our faces every time we watch a major sporting event and fuel up. And he laughably starts complaining about how they're making us sit in traffic and create pollution and smog. Mm -hmm. 
They never cared about pollution or smog before. Why is that a problem for you now? What are you bringing that up for? Here's an idea. Take mass transit. Rideshare. These have always been options for you. He goes into so, some of the typical tripe that you get from the right about, you know, the city. So now they can just sit in traffic and get carjacked and killed and, and maybe will have less of a population that way. That's the mindset of the people who do these things. On to back to causing pollution and uh, shot and killed by the kids selling the water bottles that you don't want, the squeegee guys. When's the last time a squeegee guy's come up to you? Dude, Eric, come to town. We're not doing that anymore. We've moved on. We're not doing squeegees. Horrible third world Atlanta has become, he says, from Macon, Georgia. I, I hate that my segments are so short today because I could just get, in fact, I'm going to have to take another quick break. We'll come back, uh, get some headlines, and then uh, back to talk more about this inane screed. I'm telling you, it gets crazier. It gets nuttier. On The Ron Show, the America One Radio app, americaoneradio.com, or wherever you podcast. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. So I feel like this is something of a get for us here on the show. Uh, Joining me to discuss uh, the Beltline streetcar expansion and the inexplicable, whatever the hell you want to call it, from Eric Erickson yesterday on his syndicated show. George Cheedy joins us. Uh, George has... uh, Contributed mightily to folks at Decaturish, uh, once a staff writer with the AJC, even a city councilman at some point in time, Fox 5 Atlanta contributor, uh, also now at the Substack for Atlanta Collective, right? Did I cover everything that you do, George? Is there something else you'd like to throw in there? So it's, the, it's the Atlanta objective. The Atlanta objective. Um, uh, and you missed one that's actually relevant right now. Go for it. Uh, for about four years, I was social impact director of Central Atlanta Progress. Mm which is to say I was the guy who worked on homelessness issues downtown for the downtown business district, including on the streetcar. Oh, well, there you go. And while we're on that subject, uh, as, as I have, you have as well listened to the segment uh, that Eric Erickson went off on this bizarre, inane, deranged tangent about the streetcar extension, talking about the urban white elite planners of America uh, – Never mind the fact that the the, the Beltline CEO isn't a, a white anything. Uh, I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, God forbid you have a car where Americans were fundamentally different from Europeans. I uh, went back on to the rant about great urban white planning. And then he went off on this whole thing about Europeans and uh, women shaving their armpits, uh, riding a bike with baguettes in the basket, and what else? something about corn cobs in the rectums and all, all this weird stuff. It was just totally bizarre, was it not? I, I think so, but it's also part of the course for Eric Erickson. Mm. Eric Erickson wants desperately to be Rush Limbaugh and can't quite pull it off. Um, he's, been, he's been around for a while. Right. Uh, he and I have been friendly, but he has particularly over the last year or so, like been much more aggressively racist Mm. in what he discusses. Mm -hmm. And that's the context you need when you're looking at what he's saying about Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
Listen, being being a lifelong Georgian, I know I know the coded language that he's using, and I know the audience he's trying to attract because I grew up in the suburbs outside Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I, I listened to talk radio growing up, and uh, I, again, I know the coded language, and I know the audience he's seeking to foster a, a warm environment with, and it's it's the, the the same old tropes about what Atlanta is and homelessness and drug dealers and crack dealers and don't go down there and our, our mass transit sucks, et cetera, and so on. And yet at the same time, here we are trying to address some of the shortcomings with mass transit and he's crapping on it. Well, sure. Like the bit that he was talking about with drug dealers dealing from, from the streetcar is a lie. Mm. It's a lie. And I know it's a lie. I've seen the police reports. It's untrue. Mm. It's an urban legend that I imagine is being passed to him by, you know, sort of white nationalist people who like, who intend to denigrate the city of Atlanta. Like that's what they want to do is say, if you are, if there's a black power center in this city, Mm -hmm. in this state, Mm -hmm. then they must be wrong. Definitionally. Mm -hmm. Like they, they cannot, you cannot govern well. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're trying to do in Atlanta. Eric Erickson will find fault with it in the most strident and ridiculous possible terms. And that's because that's the audience that he's speaking to. What sort of had me bewildered, and I don't know if he's just ignorant or, or prefers to know that his audience isn't aware, is that he, he made this, this argument that for some reason, this nice belt line that we have is going to be ripped up right down the middle and we're going to put train tracks right down the middle of the thing as if he's not aware that that's what the green space to the side was set aside for all along. Do you think he doesn't know that or that he's just being willfully obtuse? I think he doesn't know that. I don't think he knows much about anything broadly. And I think he very specifically doesn't know anything about urban planning Mm. because he's hostile to the idea of planning period, Mm. like agenda 21 style. Mm. Like that's his, like anybody who tries to actually build out a community where people are living together, working together, like, and especially with sugar on top, if it's a multi-ethnic community, like it's, it is of the devil. Well, Uh, that's where that comes from. Well, they're literally removing the word diversity from Georgia education standards. So no, you're absolutely right. Diversity is a dirty word to them. I, as I, as, as I, I hate to harp on just how inane this, this, this ranty went on yesterday was, he was talking about how like European cities haven't won Super Bowls and SEC championships. And it's like, um, Atlanta hasn't won a Super Bowl either, but that's another matter. But, uh, still, what does that have to do with us being a hospitable city with mass transit option and making the place more, wa- he, he raved about Greenville being a walkable city and here we're trying to make ours a more walkable city. Well, that's exactly it. So Eric Erickson is speaking to an audience that has of late been worried about something called like a 15 minute city, um, which is a, a planning concept that says that you should be, live within a 15 minute walk mm. of all of the things you need to be a happy human being. Mm-hmm. Like, the work you do, the schools you do, the like restaurants, bars, getting a haircut, going to the 
you know, mall or whatever. Like, yeah. but that you shouldn't have to get in a car if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that devalues suburbs. And yep. extra special on sugar on top devalues the sort of white, ex-urban, sort of semi-rural, like the the folks who engaged in white flight and their children mm-hmm. from places like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It says, you are living in a place now that is less valuable, that is less chic, that is less desirable um, than a city. And that his audience doesn't want to hear that. Yeah. And so, like when they like they're it's a, it's fruit loopy, it's it's on Mars kind of it's part of this sort of weird like we're in the wrong fork of the multiverse kind of existence right now that started like a year before Donald Trump was elected to office, mm-hmm. where um, anything that is European and is socialist and therefore bad. And so if it is a European concept, it must be evil. And of course, liberals in the United States must be wanting to engage in that because they are similarly evil. Mm. And that's where this comes from. It is of a part. Which is sort of bewildering because where Americans tend to go on vacations are in cities or Europe. And uh, if not there, they go to theme parks that have downtowns and Main Street USAs. That's what I don't understand. You you actually like to vacation in places where you enjoy walkability, but you don't want others to enjoy it just in their everyday existence. No, I mean, you <laughs> don't like it's the other side of this is Atlanta is becoming a political power center, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, like. Four generations, and you grew up in Georgia, so you understand this better than most. Uh, a Republican won, a conservative won in Georgia by running against Atlanta. Right. We're going to keep Atlanta in its place. Yeah. Um, MARTA, in general, is the problem that it is. Uh, it isn't developed in a way that engenders a lot of like transit-oriented development and growth, because conservative white Republicans crippled it starting from the beginning all the way to now. Eric Erickson was complaining about how Marta doesn't go anywhere. And he conveniently ignores the fact that these ex-urban white flight communities voted against allowing Marta to expand into their community. Bingo. The, uh, I mean, literally Cobb County created a 10-yard-wide city on paper mm-hmm. at the border mm-hmm. in order to prevent Atlanta from ever being able to annex into Cobb County. <laughs> like, that's how strident they were about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, ironically, now, they, they, they have a destination yeah. at that spot, at the Battery, that desperately needs a rail line to it connecting the city of Atlanta to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll happen sometime soon. Now that Cobb County is, you know, sort of flipped to a to a bluish county, uh, maybe sometime in the future that'll happen. But in the meanwhile, oh, soon in in terms of like twenty years from now, right? Like, yeah. I mean, at the earliest, yeah. Like the the problem here is like so. When I was an AJC reporter, mm-hmm. the Beltline was under discussion mm-hmm. in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. 
it has taken this long <laughs> to get this far. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, it's expensive. Right. Um, but if you're going to have a city that's going to look like New York in 20 and 30 and 50 years, and honestly, the way things are growing, like we are living in New York in 1910. Mm. Um. You've got to you've got to spend the money now so that you don't have crazy problems later. And that does seem to be. I mentioned this in the prior segment. That seems to be at the crux of what the problem is in this state with regards to how to handle Atlanta's growth. There is no vision from the right. They don't care to see vision. They want to widen what we have interstates. They want to come up with new off ramps when we actually could use less. Now they're even talking about building a, a, an arena, a hockey arena, up in Forsyth County, while Marta only goes to North Springs. I, I'm not driving to Forsyth to watch a concert or a hockey match or anything like that up in Forsyth if I don't have the option of just taking that train. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not alone. Like, and that's and that's the thing. I and that thing I actually fear. Let me step back for a second. Mm-hmm. Like I am talking a lot about white supremacy and white, you know, sort of the sort of white nationalist nonsense that you hear from from people like Eric Erickson. But look, there are actually a lot of white families in suburban and rural metro Atlanta that are struggling. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason they're struggling is because they're completely disconnected from services because the transportation system is as crap as it is. You're right. Um, like, if we don't find a way to sort this out long term, it hurts everybody. Yep. And the problem with Republican policymaking right now is that it is absolutely oriented toward one policy goal, and that is prevent black political power from taking root and having influence. If there is a public policy that is more likely to hurt black people than white people, they're for it. If there's a public policy that is more likely to help black people than white people, they're against it, even if white people are getting help. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where this comes from. Right. Like, oh my goodness, you like all the money you're spending on this. This thing that's in the middle of Atlanta, which is controlled by black people, my God, if it's actually successful, heaven help us if it's actually successful, because it means black people know what they're doing and right. we can't have that. There's something to be said for that. No, you're absolutely right. Well, and, and but I'll even expound on that. Like, I mean, I know we're sitting here talking about uh, the streetcar going alongside the Beltline, which again, was the plan all along. Atlanta, by the way, used to have an extensive streetcar network before white flight. But mm-hmm. at the same time, to the south of us, we see a state as dysfunctional as Florida is. They do have high-speed rail coming to most of that state. And we are the state with the world's busiest airport and yet do not have any sort of light-speed or high-speed rail connecting Athens and Chattanooga, Columbus, Macon, uh, Augusta, Georgia. All of these feeder markets that all use the airport, that's why there are airport shuttle businesses from all of those cities but we don't even have that. When you talk about accessibility, that's a glaring weakness and would tie in greatly with MARTA and a streetcar network that would get folks around the city while they're here, if they're on a labor or you know, want to get here early and, and, and kill some time before they catch a flight. Again, it's just a lack the of vision. Here, it, 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 you would think the irony is that there has been vision. 
it's, I would argue that it's not a lack of vision, it's a lack of execution. Mm-hmm. Um, a lack of political will. Mm-hmm. When I came into, for example, when I came into the AJC in 2005, one of the big issues that they were discussing in Gwinnett, but also in Atlanta, was something called the brain train. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the brain train? Okay, connecting the University um, of Georgia, right? Connecting the University of Georgia through Gwinnett, mm-hmm. south along rail lines that we already know are there, mm-hmm. straight to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, it's a very good idea. When you've gone from Georgia Tech through Emory, yeah. like the like the the rights of way are there. Mm-hmm. The problem is the state was unwilling to use whatever leverage it had to force Norfolk Southern and the other rail lines to surrender capacity on those lines to passenger rail. Mm. Yeah, there was a political vision for it. Like the whole idea was led by a former Republican state representative. Mm. Um, And it went nowhere. And it went nowhere because in part, people don't want to empower these, quote, liberal, unquote, power centers like they don't want a connection between Athens and Atlanta. They don't want those places to be connected because they don't like the people that come to places like that because it throws the politics of the state off. Okay, stand by. More conversation with George Cheedy from the Atlanta Objective after the break on The Ron Show, America One Radio, or wherever you podcast. We're with George Cheedy, who is talking with us about the Atlanta streetcar expansion moving its way along now. Onto the belt line, Eric Erickson yesterday went off on this rabid tangent against it, where he basically assumes his audience thinks that the belt line's being torn in half, rails going right down the middle of it. It's going to literally, as he said, mowing pedestrians down inexplicably. While while also, by the way, raving about William Sonoma at the Pond City Market, but this train's not going anywhere. Um, hello, it's going to Pond City Market. Um, George, so we we know what the vision of the Beltline and the streetcar adjacent to it is, but is it why is why is it a hard sell for folks who don't live in Atlanta? We understand the benefits, but shouldn't they as well? Well, you would think. Um, the uh, I mean, part of this is that they're viewing Atlanta as this place they might visit. Yep. Like they're perfectly willing. Like, and we're talking about Eric Erickson's listeners. Okay. We're talking about folks who are drawn draw a circle around all of the Republicans in the state, divide it in half by how how conservative you are on the left or the right. You're talking about the folks who are on the right side of that line. We're talking about like the quarter of, like the most conservative quarter of Atlanta, of, of Georgians. Okay. Um, or whoever else, wherever else. Mm-hmm. Like they view the city hostily. Right. They, they, they feel like they are hostages to the politics and economy of the city of Atlanta. Well, we are the economic um, engine. Seventy-two percent. Seventy-two percent of the of the of the state's revenue mm-hmm. is derived from activities that happen in a fifty-mile circle around the city of Atlanta. That's right. The city of Atlanta is how things work in Georgia. And if you're here and you've got a job, it's probably tied to something going on in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But so the idea that all of this revolves around policy that's being made by a city council that's majority black and a mayor that's black uh, of of the last five or six or seven or eight mayors mm-hmm. in Atlanta, um, and the idea that this area regionally has been growing and is successful and by any meaningful standard, by the national standards, has been successful for middle class and upper class white people, mm-hmm. I might add, yep. more than black people. Um, the idea that they have to give some sort of credit to African-American leadership is galling. It is that it's overflow from the backlash to Barack Obama's election. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's actually when Eric Erickson started making his bones was how much he detested Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, his ascension upset a lot of folks on the right, especially uh, within the conservative pundit movement. No doubt about that. Uh, and obviously, it, it ascended with Donald Trump's uh, presidency. Uh, the things that you hear people complain about Atlanta who aren't from Atlanta are the very things that they seem to be against us dealing with. And we're talking about gridlock and crime. Obviously, uh, crime disappears where opportunity exists. I've always said crime only exists where opportunity doesn't. And so efforts to stem that by creating opportunity are always stopped or or blockaded by conservative policy. And obviously here we are trying to deal with the gridlock problem by giving our citizens and folks who visit other transit opportunities and they just won't have it. They just don't wish it to be. So I think you're you're sort of in my bailiwick now. Like so, my work right now, I write about poverty and inequality, mm-hmm. uh, primarily for the Intercept and for the Atlanta Objective, which is a, a newsletter I started looking at crime and poverty mm-hmm. in the city of Atlanta. Ninety mm-hmm. percent um, of the people who are charged with a crime of violence in Atlanta are poor. Mm-hmm. Poor like can't must be given publicly funded council poor yeah um the uh, rich people don't kill each other right because they don't have to they can sue someone mm-hmm. um the uh like and this is sort of part and parcel of that it, like atlanta is among the most unequal cities in the united states for right. a long time it was the most unequal i think we may actually be giving that up to san francisco right now correct um but the average income of a white household as of two years ago in the city of Atlanta was over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and for a black household, it's about thirty-three thousand mm. dollars a year. Mm. Um, and that is amongst the, the the widest gaps in the United States. Right. Um, where the the Beltline is among the only places in this city. This tremendously class and race divided city Mm -hmm. where you will see black people and white people in the same space interacting with each other on an equal footing. Um, That two people like Eric Erickson is terrifying. Yeah. It's anathema to their way of life and their ideology. Absolutely. No, I don't disagree with that. You know what? We got to get you on the show more often and I'm glad we finally connected. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to store your number. You store my number. Let's catch up and talk this out 
some other time. I've got plenty more we can discuss when we talk about poverty and inequality in the city of Atlanta. But uh, I, I want to thank you so much for having a discussion about the streetcar and the Beltline and its vision and where Atlanta is going with it. And uh, again, thank you for, I, I'm sorry, I made you listen to the Eric Erickson piece, but it had to be listened to. I'm sorry. I, I was just stunned when I listened to it myself yesterday. So the, the things, the things I do, absolutely george cheaty we appreciate that from the uh, uh give me give me that again the uh, the substack was the atlanta objective atlanta objective yeah appreciate you so much thank you so much thank you we'll have a link in today's show notes to the atlanta objective so you can check out that substack for yourself george cheaty is a fantastic follow by the way on twitter that is c-h-i-d-i I'll also have uh, yesterday's podcast link so that you can hear this nuttiness from Eric Erickson for yourself. Enjoy your weekend doing that. Back here Monday, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it.